0: I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place Goodnight. Goodnight. I'm sitting here in my big, comfortable, black leather papa chair in the living room with a, a good, full feeling after a visit to our favorite diner. And it was the scene tonight of one of my most memorable dining experiences. My brother Pete and his wife Tanya went to our favorite diner with my Lady Wonder and me. It's a comfortable place. Food's good. People who work there are all genuinely friendly, you know, and they're, and they're careful, too which is just as important as being friendly. I mean, it's it's all very well for a waiter to smile at you in a very friendly way, but it's not helpful if he's not careful and his teeth fall in your soup, you know, so careful counts. The one thing that bothers me about the place is that there is a smoking section. I've always kind of thought that allowing a smoking section in a restaurant is a little bit like allowing a peeing section in a swimming pool. You you don't want to go there. Pete and I are both pilots. We don't get together nearly as often as we'd like. And his wife Tanya is new to the family, so while Pete and I were talking airplanes, my lady, Wonder Wench, brought Tanya up to date on all the family weird stuff with the uncles and the aunts and the cousins and the kids, you know. Especially my Uncle Herman, who, uh, if he were an Indian, would probably be called Runs With Beer. And besides being a pilot, Pete's an airplane mechanic, and he's a very good one. You know, I've never been good at that kind of thing. It's always interesting to me how two brothers can be so different about stuff like that. I, I don't have the patience To always be looking around to find the exact wrench that you need to pound in the required screw, you know. Pete and I are on different uh, pages as far as dining is concerned, too. He likes to drown his trouble in ready whip. And I am on the beginnings of a diet. And as those of you who have been there, done that, will certainly understand, there is no hopefulness to match the feeling of hope that you have on the first few hours of the diet. And Pete, on the other hand, has taken a speed eating course. Um, He's always been a a big believer in the saying that seconds count. He told me he is celebrating National Be Bad to Your Body Week by ordering 10 of everything. Because brothers like to give each other a hard time. So I said, Pete, at this rate, by Thursday of National Be Bad to Your Body Week, you will be too heavy for your plane to take off, and you will uproot trees when you climb in your hammock for a nap. Pete said something nasty about the generosity of the size of my nose, because that's the way brothers are. Now, like all pilots, Pete has to take a physical every other year to continue flying. But he's just moved, and so he doesn't know any of the doctors around here. So I told him about my guy. And as I said, you know, brothers like to give each other a hard time. So I said, look, you know... Don't worry about it. My doctor looks a little strange in his big black cape and magic wand and, and pagan medallion. And, and you got to ignore his pet snake and the black candles because he's really worth it, you know. He's a very careful guy. All his tattoos are even spelled correctly. And he's very thorough. He was going to give me a prescription for blood pressure last year. But, but first he carefully asked me, you know, are you allergic to anything? You know, like, oh, Mashed bat wings, crushed lizard tails, horn-toed warts, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah, come on, what are brothers for? I like to people watch at the diner, so I always sit near the salad bar. One guy was sitting at a table all by himself, kind of fiddling with his cell phone and looking kind of hunted. And he kept asking for more coffee. And, and every time the waitress brought it, he, he always looked up at her and he, and he said, You know, I'm waiting for a friend of mine. I guess he was fiddling with his cell phone because he didn't want people to think he was just lurking. That's happened to me. You know, you go to a restaurant a little before the guy you're supposed to meet for a business lunch. And, but it, it feels like some kind of an eternity before the guy shows up, you know. In fact, the only longer stretches of time I can think of offhand are when you have to keep a smile on your face waiting for a camera shutter to click, you know, and the light to go off. Or if you're waiting for a tow truck to show up. That's always an eternity. Or how about looking for a freeway exit when you realize that you're headed in the wrong direction and your wife is saying, ah, you know, one of those other wifely comments. <laughs> anyway, this guy's friend finally came in and... They, they they hugged, you know, and they did the kind of a hug that I call the full frontal. You see the full frontal with parents and children and good friends. It's a real full body contact hug, you know, a genuine squeeze and a big smile. It's kind of nice. There are several other kinds of hugs, which you may have seen. There is the hip hop hug. That's when a couple of guys shake hands with their right hands and then they, they hug with their left hands and they give each other two slaps in the back. No more than two, no less. Right like that. And there's the, the fanny flare hug. It's mostly with girls or women. And, and nothing touches anything below the shoulders. Because both fannies are stuck out at about a 45 degree angle. And it is often accompanied by a virtual kiss. With the uh, fanny flare hug. I think it really looks stupid. But I suppose it's designed to show that this particular hug has nothing to do with sex which is important because, as the forces for good in the community always tell us, sex is the most awful, filthy, perverted thing on earth, so you must never share it with somebody unless you really love that person. Dick's details, a bunch of completely unimportant stuff to stuff in one ear, so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The average happily married woman gains seven pounds in her first year of marriage. An unhappily married woman gains 43 pounds in that first year. It's a fact. This This is a genuine statistic comes from actual statisticians. I guess it proves that unhappy women have more than just a heavy heart. A farmer in South Africa didn't know what killed his ailing ox, so he cut open the animal's stomach and he found several pair of pantyhose in there. (laughs) Boy, talk about a farmer's daughter story. According to Martinsburg, West Virginia police, this is true, believe it or not, some woman reported that a man broke into her bedroom and licked her leg. She tried to, to, to grab him so that she could turn him over to the police, but he ran away, which is too bad, because I guess she just couldn't hold her liquor. Dick's tales. they take your mind off your mind. All kinds of dramas play out in diners and, and restaurants. Here's one from the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD. It's called The Dinner Date. You never expected this to happen. You're beginning to feel warm and wet and weak just thinking about dinner with an old friend on Sunday. You've never been lovers. You came within moments and less than inches of it first time was during the summer that you both graduated from school. It was after an outdoor concert in the park. The night was warm and summer magic and private and dark. And you let him half-undress you. You were both sweating and you let him hold you against his bare chest. He kissed your breasts. You'd never let anybody do that before. Then you just got scared. You suddenly went cold. and You said no and pushed him away. He was so frustrated, he punched the grass and sprained his wrist. You couldn't help but laugh a little but You were scared, too. Later, it seemed like the right decision. By Christmas, you were both involved with other people. And about a year later, you both got married. As the years went by, you never forgot that kiss. You remembered the feeling of his lips on your breasts, the scent of his hair and the summer grass and the sweat, and how young and intense his eyes were looking up into yours. It was a scene that filled your fantasies as your marriage started going downhill. During those years, you ran into each other several times and had lunch twice. Second time, the week after your divorce, In one wild, unguarded moment, you let him know that you wished that you hadn't said no all those years ago. And that if he asked again, the answer certainly would be yes. You blushed when he didn't ask. But then a week later, he showed up at your office, and he did. But the fantasy moment had passed. And you remembered that he was a married man. Yesterday he called and told you that his marriage was also on the rocks and his wife had filed for divorce. His voice was husky and hurt, but somehow he sounded relieved on the telephone and hopeful when he asked you to have dinner on Sunday night. There'll be only one question this time. When you make love, will it be the beginning of a new love? Or the end of a fantasy. Fantasies thrive in unguarded moments, I think. I think love does, too. A lot of people disagree with that one. Anyway, that's a story called The Dinner Date, and it's from the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com, download it from the Night Connections 2 icon on the opening page. Now, I told you that I had an unforgettable dining experience at the diner tonight. And this is what it was. It was hard to believe. But I was able to make the absolutely perfect, perfect spaghetti ball by twirling it around on my fork with a spoon behind it. I've done that before, but there's always, you know, a hunk or two of spaghetti hanging off or it just doesn't work out. Tonight, it was perfect. It was the perfect spaghetti ball. And I got so excited about it that I showed it to my lady, Wonder Wench, and Pete and Tanya, and I wanted to show it to the other uh, couple at the the next table, but my my lady, Wonder Wench, wound up and gave me such a kick under the table? And she can do that while she's having a perfectly normal conversation. I don't know how she manages it. But looking back on it, I guess she was right. When I took a more careful look at the woman at the next table, I saw that she was wearing a smile that looked like she bought it from a plastic surgeon who was working from the back of his van in the Walmart parking lot. She looked like she was wearing some kind of orthopedic boots and corrective hot pants. And the guy with her Looked like a a mad inventor in one of those grade B movies, you know. Connect the electricity, Igor. My invention is about to come to life. (laughs) He he was sitting there, breathing heavily, you know, practically licking his eyelids and and rubbing his back legs together. He would have been twirling his mustache if he had one. He is very definitely, very intently trying hard to climb over that lady's defenses. So I guess Lady Wonderwench was right. I probably wouldn't have been interested in my spaghetti ball. By the way, out of the diner, the guy at the cash register said, Did you enjoy your dinner, sir? I said, Yes. I had a ball. to sleep. Good night.